guys, welcome to The Vantage Point. We are back after a little bit of hiatus. Our last conversation with Adam was good, but now we are in the holiday season. Oh yeah, the best time of the year. Dude, it is the best time of the year. Leaves are changing color, Thanksgiving's a few days away. Football. Football. Holiday drinks. Turkey on deck. Christmas tree cakes. Chestnut praline lattes. Mm. I heard you say Man, we're hitting all the it's great. great things about the holidays. So with that comes after the holidays. And I don't want to focus on time after the holidays, but I do think it's important to address that after the holidays, people typically slip into what's called seasonal depression. Yep. And that got me to thinking, what is an issue that we're seeing now that really heightens during seasonal depression? And that is spiritual apathy. Amen. Now, if you don't know what apathy is, because some people, some of our listeners may not know, I want to give Oxford def- Oxford's definition of what that is. It is a lack of interest, enthusiasm, or concern, meaning you just don't care. Yep. You don't care about anything. And so in line for the vantage point, I think it's also very important for us to identify what I think is really a hidden sin, or as Jerry Bridges would say, a respectable sin of spiritual apathy. Yeah. Now, Brody, what spiritual apathy is, because it's different than regular apathy, spiritual apathy is a coldness or indifference that can affect even the most sincere Christians at one time or another, meaning you just don't care about the Lord. You don't want to be in fellowship with Him. You don't want to be in fellowship with His people. You don't want to be in community. You don't want to pray. You don't want to talk. You don't really have a relationship with God. But you also claim to. You profess with your mouth to, but your actions are completely different. Yeah, and we, I like when you said it, it can even affect the most spiritual people. Mm-hmm. Like, no one is immune to apathy. We are all have the same ability to be just as apathetic as anyone else. Yeah, I mean, we're going to look at an example of David later on in this podcast. And so people would say that, well, obviously, Scripture would say that's a man after God's own heart. And even he got to a point where he was in spiritual apathy, which led to sin. Yeah. And was honestly caused by sin. But I I do want to, when we start talking about spiritual apathy, I do think it's really important to say, even though it can happen to Christians, I also think it is a symptom of someone who has head knowledge, but no heart transformation. Meaning, if you are dealing with spiritual apathy, it is possible that you are not following after Jesus. It does, it does not mean that you're not following after Jesus, but it is possibly a symptom and evidence that you are not following after Jesus. In, in 1 John, John says that I, I've written these things to you uh, who believe in the name of the Son of God so that you may know you have eternal life. When you are walking through spiritual apathy, I think it's very important for you to ask the question, where do I stand with the Lord? Yeah. Am I following Jesus? Or am I merely a part of a routine and tradition? And the mm-hmm. answer to that question, it has huge implications. And, and right now, I would even encourage you, if that's you, if you, if you feel like, man, I, I've got this coldness or this indifference, I don't enjoy going and being with God's people, I don't enjoy being poured into, I don't enjoy reading Scripture, I don't enjoy praying, maybe ask the Lord very sincerely, am I following you, Lord? Yeah. Or am I merely walking through the motions and the traditions and the routines? Mm. Now, with that said, if a person is dealing with spiritual apathy and they are a true believer, well, what do they do? What's a question they can ask Brody in that, in that when they're dealing with that? I think, first of all, it's, am I struggling with sin? Do I, am I, do I have hidden sin? Yeah. Because uh, often I think sin can 
be the reason we get propelled into a spiritual apathy because, well, we can look at it with David, the life of David. You said that earlier. Um, I think that that breaks that down a little bit better for us. So, yeah. Yeah, I think also if if you're someone who's walking through spiritual apathy and you're you're saying, no, I am a believer. I know that Jesus is who he said he is. I know he did what he said he did, what scripture tells me he did. I know that he is the son of God, that he went to the cross, bore the wrath of God for my sin and all sin, but he demonstrated his power over sin, Satan, and death through the resurrection for that anyone who would believe in him, trust in Jesus over themselves and their sin, can be reconciled and reunited to God forever. If you are someone who believes the truth of that gospel, but you are walking through spiritual apathy, the next question I think you need to ask is, what is the root? What has caused me to lose my passion for Jesus? Yeah. What is, and, and, and honestly, what has caused me to lose my hope and my joy in the Lord? Yeah. And so there's a couple contributing factors to what can do that. One, human emotions are incredibly fickle, aren't they? Yeah, they are. I mean, we are up and down. We talked about it with seasonal depression. We are like a leaf in the wind. It's fall right now. All the leaves are falling. And things that I've noticed over and over is is when the wind blows, leaves will just go anywhere and everywhere. Yeah. Especially in my yard. (laughs) So many leaves. Always the yard. 11 bags of leaves. So many. And then we're not even done yet. You got some big trees, though. And they're beautiful (laughs) for like two weeks. Our trees are just now turning red, by the way. That's I don't crazy. They've been late. I well, don't know why. You know, every tree is different. It is what it is. So anyway, overcoming such apathy is necessary as we continue to walk with the Lord. And like we said, it is, people are not excused from this. Yeah. Anybody can deal with it. And so you, you mentioned it. What is a cause of, of apathy? I think spiritual apathy is mainly caused by sin in our lives. Yeah. And so you mentioned, David, I think it's really important. So let's just... Uh, pull back the curtain and see what's going on with David. David, the sin he's known for is his sin with Bathsheba. Yeah. And if you don't know what that is, open up your Bibles to the book of 2 Samuel and you'll find it out. But um, essentially, David has had a bunch of sin in his life, which have led him to the point where he commits and acts on it publicly with Bathsheba. So Bathsheba is bathing in the distance. David sees it and he's like, ooh, I want her calls her over, sleeps with her. They ultimately conceive a child. He realizes that. And so what's he going to do? Well, uh, Bathsheba's husband comes home for a visit, and he's like, hey, go sleep with your wife. That'd be great for you. (laughs) No, 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 no. That doesn't happen. He's like, no, not while my homies are out there on the front lines. So David's like, okay, you're not going to do that. I'm going to send you to the front lines. And he sends this great general Mm. to the front lines, ultimately committing murder without committing murder, because Uriah is guaranteed to die, which is what happened to him. He died. Yep. And so uh, David gets caught in this sin. Nathan uh, catches him and, and confronts him. And so David is in a weird spot. And we're going we're gonna to look at Psalm 51, but it's really important. Again, we talked about respectable sins. What led David to commit this sin with Bathsheba? Yeah. David is dealing with so much respectable sin, as Jerry Bridges would say. So um, first and foremost, pride. Yep. I'm the king. You can't tell me what to do. I can do whatever I want. I'm the most powerful person in this kingdom. Yep. I am the best, the strongest. You got people saying that I'm a man after God's own heart. Like, I'm untouchable. Yeah. That's complete sin, and it's all hidden sin. Like, we may see the impacts or the effects of it, but what's going on in his heart is, is hidden. And, and that's what leads to spiritual apathy, by the way. Yeah. 
And so lust obviously plays a part in this, um, but pride, power, lust, could be conceitedness, anger, anger t- so many things, so many things that lead up to this. And, and, and when Nathan catches him, David, by God's grace, he repents. Yeah. But there was a separation during this time. And it's really important to understand what leads up to spiritual apathy isn't an overnight thing. It's, it, it takes time to yeah. develop. And he and same thing with our relationship with the Lord. We don't just instantly separate from the Lord. Our our distance from God develops over time, and that's what had happened with David. He sinned and he felt separated from God. And in Psalm fifty one verses ten through twelve, he is going to confess to the Lord. Mm. He is going to identify there's something going on in my life, and I need a change. And so verse eleven says, "Cast me not away from your presence, and take not your Holy Spirit from me." Yeah, wow. This is a man who loves the Lord, but has walked through spiritual apathy. And as he confesses his sin to God, if you keep reading, let's go back to verse 10. This is what he's praying before he even gets into this, cast me not verse. He says, renew a steadfast spirit within me, Lord. Mm. So renew me, cast me not away, don't take the Holy Spirit from me. And then verse 12, restore to me the joy of your salvation and grant me this is key, a willing spirit to sustain me. Yeah, I love that. Man, it's so powerful. Restore my joy. Yeah. Like that is, that's restoring, like take away my apathy. Yeah. So you've got sin as a cause to spiritual apathy. And then I would say the second thing, as I, I've witnessed and, and I've seen and sometimes even experienced, a believer can endure and, and feel spiritually apathetic because of dead orthodoxy. Hmm. And orthodoxy defined as just, it, we're practicing what we believe. We're working out what we believe. So our worship, how we live our life, uh, a believer who feels apathetic may just be walking through the motions. And I, I'll be honest with you, man, this is a pet peeve of mine. I can't stand, obviously, everyone in the American church, mm-hmm. all right, so our buildings yep. are not followers of Jesus. No. I mean, that's just the reality. And I would say Scripture gives us a clear pattern of that. People would follow Jesus by the thousands, and he would speak truth to them, like, if you were to follow me, then pick up your cross and crucify yourself, and then you can be my disciple. You know, I love that. They'd be like, peace. Yep. Well, they were, I'm good. They were done. Yeah. So the, the church building is not necessarily full of God's church. Yeah. It has God's church in it, gathering, but there are also people who are not born-again believers, and that's mm. not a condemnation on them. I'm thankful they're listening to God's word and they're, they're hearing it. Yeah. But there are also times where God's people, during spiritual apathy, exhibit spiritual apathy through the praise and the worship of God. They don't get excited. No. They're more excited to go to a football game or a Taylor Swift concert than they are to worship holy God who loves them so much so that he sent his son to die for them. Yeah, and they don't even have a, there may not even be a desire to yeah. do that no. or a want to do that. I watch I mean, it online. We see it all the time, dude. Like, I know this is kind of, we talk about this every now and then, but for the love, please get off your phone during worship and connect Amen. with the Lord. Like, your spiritual worship is one of the most important things in a day. Like, I need to worship the Lord for so many reasons, and that's a whole other podcast in itself. Well, and Jimmy just preached on that. If you are uh, watching this and you, and you attend Emmanuel, one of our pastors on staff just preached out of Malachi 1, and Malachi, Malachi is literally a book that says, quit giving me fake worship. Yep. Quit giving me faulty worship, defiled worship. Shut the doors to the worship place 
before coming and giving me worship. It'd be better for you to just not do it than to do it the way you're doing it. God mm. cares about his worship. And so for our hearts, as we walk through these, these ebbs and flows of the, the Christian life, these battles between our flesh and our spirit, it's really important for us to understand we cannot be a people who just live in the routine and the tradition of dead orthodoxy. Yeah. Come to church, I don't sing. I come to church, the message, I put my feet up, I get on my phone. I'm yeah. more interested about what's going on after church than I am in the moment of God's worship. That's a big deal. Huge. And I think it is one of the biggest things plaguing the American church. 100%. And Would so for, for us talking about this and for you listening to this, where are you at in all that? Are you spiritually apathetic? Do you care about the Lord? Do you care about his word? John 14, 12 says, um, whoever my, keeps my commandments is the one who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my father and I will love him and manifest myself to him. A true follower of Jesus, Brody, is marked by their obedience to Jesus. Yeah. Obedience displays love. And I would tell you, it is possible to obey without love, but it is impossible to love without obeying. Yeah. I think we see at times, and again, this is broad. This is not everybody. At times, people who are spiritually apathetic, obeying without love. Mm -hmm. And not loving. That, that's the definition of going through the motions. Yeah. Like, sure, okay, I'm going to go Sunday morning. I'll listen to a sermon. I'll open my Bible. I may even take notes, uh, and then I'm going to go home and forget it all. Yeah. Or I'm like, I don't really have a desire to do that. I'm more doing that because it's culturally what I need to do. So we opened up this podcast talking about spiritual apathy and talking about how it is something that even the most sincere believer can walk through. We both have, you know, in previous conversations, yeah. talked about how we at times have felt spiritually apathetic, and by God's grace, he's pulled us through that. Because we have surrounded ourselves with a body of believers who love us, uh, parents who love us and, and can identify things in our lives, uh, spouses who, who, who love us and can identify things in our lives, it's really important that you have a close circle of, of Christians who, when you're walking through difficulty and, and, and you're working through sin as the Holy Spirit is revealing sin in your life and, and you're wrestling with it and trying to walk through repentance, you need people to come alongside and bear that burden with you. That's really yeah. important. Um, but... I think it's also very important for us to understand, even though the most sincere person can walk through spiritual apathy, it can also be a tool from the enemy that leads or is a product of spiritual deception, which, which I would just say or ask the question, is it possible for someone who has claimed to follow Jesus, claimed to be a Christian, is it possible for that person claim to love Jesus, know all about the Sunday school lessons, know about who Jesus is and what Jesus has done, is it possible for that person to not know Jesus? 1,000%. And Jesus even speaks of this. Yeah. He says, there will be many in those days that say, Lord, did I not prophesy in your name? Did I not work many miracles in your name? That is the scariest. And he will say, Go depart ahead, from me, for I never knew you. That's the scariest passage in all of Scripture. 100%. And that should gut check every single one of us. Absolutely. It, it does. Every time I think oh, yeah. about that, I'm like, am I like doing this for the right reasons? Do I truly love yeah. the Lord like I should? It, it's a good refresher and resetting. And that is, that's where it's possible. Like, 100%. I can go to church. There will be pastors 
who are leading a church who do not know the Lord in that way, and they'll be turned around. Well, and that's what uh, Scripture would say that in, in sheep's coming in wolf's clothing. Or, I'm yeah. sorry, wolves coming in sheep's clothing. Got that backwards. <laughs> all good. So, yeah, spiritual deception is real. And so I say all that to bring this to, to light. Spiritual apathy and spiritual deception go hand in hand. Mm-hmm. Now, you can be a true believer and walk through spiritual apathy, but it is very true to be spiritually deceived. And because you're spiritually deceived, the product of your spiritual deception is a lack of love for the Lord, a coldness and a bitterness to the people of God, to the worship of God. Mm. And again, man, that we see this every single day. Emmanuel is not exempt from this, but in the church, of America, because that's our context, you see this day in and day out. Yes. People come in and they, they say one thing on Sunday and do one thing on Sunday, and then Monday through Saturday, they are a completely different person. That person is clearly spiritually apathetic. And again, the only response we need to have is, bro, do you, that first question, do you know the Lord? If yeah. so, what has happened for you to lose your joy? I think it is very important for us to not just give our opinion on the vantage point. I don't think it's important for us to say one thing and then not back it up. Yeah. We want to make sure that we are staying in line with Scripture and speaking biblically on everything. And so when we talk about spiritual apathy, we need to see that Jesus identifies this. John writes about this. Yep. Paul shows us some evidence of, of a change in a church's life, how in Paul's writing at one point in time, a church can be one way, and then when John is reflecting and Jesus is reviewing and, and, and checking the hearts of people, there's been a change. Yeah. And so one primary example of that is the church of Ephesus. Revelation 2.4, Jesus talking to the church of Ephesus says, you have forsaken your first love. Mm. Now, okay, so, so why is that a big deal? Well, if you go back, when Paul is writing the letter of Ephesians, he's pretty intense with how much they love the Lord. Yeah. In fact, around 60 AD, he commended them in Acts or in Ephesians chapter 1, verses 15 through 16, for their love for the Lord. So what happens in the 30 years from when he wrote that to when John is writing based on his revelation from the Lord? Their passion had waned. Mm. Something had changed. Perhaps the, the uh, Ephesians, they began to take for granted what they had in Christ. Hmm. Who could do that? Sounds familiar. Living for Jesus was not a day-by-day adventure anymore for them. It was becoming boring. Mm-hmm. Hmm, what's that sound like? They were losing their eternal purpose. Why are we even here? What's our purpose here? Who does that sound like? The, the symptoms of the church in Ephesus, the Ephesian people, was they, la- they lost their day-to-day passion for the Lord. That created them to be bored with God. Mm. That created a lack of purpose. If that is not the perfect examination of the American church, I don't know what is. Yeah, bro. I, that should scare you a little bit. And that's the definition of spiritual apathy. Yeah. Meaning you loved Jesus, so you came to faith in Christ, and you loved Jesus, and you had a purpose, and you cared about God. And then in 30 years, what happened from day one to this point is you have lost your love for the Lord, your zeal for the Lord, your passion for the Lord. You don't find worship exciting. You don't find God exciting. You are bored with Jesus, and so much so that you don't even care about your eternal purpose, which, by the way, is taking the transformation truth of the gospel to everyone. Yeah. 
That is totally what we walk through when spiritual apathy is the mark of our life. Yeah, and I've personally seen this with many of my friends going from high school who repented, got baptized, started following the Lord, and then we go to college, and I see them four years later, and I'm like, what happened? What happened? They're living by their power. So they come to faith in Christ, and you start living by your power and not by Jesus's power. Yep. And we do we can so easily do this. And we do do it. Yeah. Do do. Nice. Yeah. I it you, you know, you say that's a that's a heart check. That is totally a heart check. To to think that we can we can walk through the motions. I mean, you can go to youth group, you can go to uh, Sunday school, you can go to church, you can go to your small group, you can go to your adult group. I don't, I don't care what stage of life you are in, and it can all be routine, so much so that and you're even bored during it. Yeah. Your mind is not focused on the Lord. Your mind is focused on other things during the time that you're supposed to be spending with Him. You don't have a quiet time. You don't care to have a quiet time. You don't want to be discipled. You're certainly not discipling anybody. Spiritual apathy, if left unchecked, creates scary results Yep, in God's people. Amen. I loved what Jimmy said, too, on Sunday. He's like, spiritual leftovers. Oh, yeah. Like, I'm giving the Lord the bottom of the barrel for me. Absolutely. And that's sad. So, okay, we've talked about this is what spiritual apathy is. This is biblical examples of people who have gone through spiritual apathy. This is the result, potentially, of what happens if our spiritual apathy goes unchecked. The, the glaring question then is, okay, what do we do if we identify ourselves as spiritually apathetic? How do we move on from this? Yep. What is the solution, in other words? I think the first thing we need to do is renew our love and passion for Jesus Christ. Mm. That is how we fight spiritual apathy, is passion and love for Jesus, passion for the Word of God, passion for worship, passion for the body of Christ, the church, the gospel. It has to start there. And can we just say it's a spiritual discipline? This renewal and even loving the Lord is a spiritual discipline. So oftentimes we don't, we don't give this enough shine, but we have the Holy Spirit inside of us. Mm-hmm. And the Holy Spirit is waging war against our flesh. And there is a battle there. So again, it's, it's daily saying, Lord, because again, our hearts are fickle, right? Yeah, and we're sinful. And, and we trust ourselves. Yep. We, we try to live by our own power. And so it's daily saying, even when I don't think I need you, Lord. Matt Mayer had this great song, I need you, Lord. Every day I need you. Every hour I need you. Even when we don't think we need you, Lord, we need you. In fact, on the days that we don't think we need you, we need you more, more and yep. more and more. And so living in that place of saying, I need you more, it's a battle. Because the world, everything about us says, nah. I got this. You be better. You be stronger. You do it on your own. And so you're always flooded with that lie of you're sufficient. You're enough. You can do it. You can be the best. Yep. That's the lie. The reality is, but for God, where would I be? Mm. I would be nowhere. Nowhere. I would be in the dumps. God is sufficient. God is all I need. God is the one doing the work. There is no one good but God. There is nothing good apart from God. God is in his goodness, in his greatness, in his graciousness, working in me through the power of the indwelling Holy Spirit. And I am battling my flesh every day. And we need to recognize if we are spiritually apathetic, we are giving in to ourselves and we're letting us take over the driver's seat. We need to get out of that driver's seat and let Jesus take 
over. Carrie Underwood, wrong in many things. She <laughs> was right in this. Take the will, Lord. Yeah, Take amen. Take it. And so, yeah, consider how far you've fallen if you are spiritually apathetic. It's okay to say, I'm, I'm in a bad spot. Because yeah. that's what repentance is. Yep. I need to turn from what I am, and I need to trust in Jesus, and I need to repent and do the things that I did at first when I trusted you. Yeah. Repentance is ongoing, and our disobedience is an ongoing fight. I wish it wasn't. I wish I was, man, I came to faith in Christ, and I was obedient from every day then on. But mm. that's not it. It's a battle. I don't want to do the things that God wants me to do. It's what Paul said. I do what I don't want to do, yep. and I don't do what I do want to do. Because ultimately, I'm still the sinner who is struggling and battling, and that's where the church of Ephesus was at. Yeah. So first, certainly, I think we could qualify, what do you need to do? You need to do three things. Yep. And since we are Baptist Brody, I think it's three R's that we need to do. Got to do it. Got to do it. First, you need to remember. Yeah. Amen. Second, you need to repent. And third, you need to renew. And we see that through scriptures that we've been reading, whether it's the Psalms or whether it's uh, Revelation 2. But first and foremost, remember. Remember mm. the goodness of God. Remember the graciousness of God. Remember the God who saved you. Remember where you were at without God. Remember yeah. the love God has for you. Remember the love that that Christ demonstrated for you on the cross and demonstrated you through the resurrection. Like, this is... It's all about God. Yep. But in it being all about God, he cares about us. That's powerful. Amen. Yeah. Because we don't care about God. Nope. Scripture tells us that if God did not love us first, we would never have hope. But God did love us first. Yeah. Which, man. Ephesians 2, 1 through 10. Amen, brother, right? But God being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us. What did he do? He made us alive in Christ Jesus. Mm. And this that is not is, of our own doing. Yeah, so that no one can boast. I mean, that is the That's best it. news. That's why we talk about it so much. Yeah. And I even said that Sunday night. Like, we talk about the gospel so much, like, every time we meet. And I think some people think, well, this is redundant. I've heard this. But why do we do it? Because that is the single most important thing it's the most that we could thing. talk about. And the most powerful thing. It's the only thing that we have to cling to that goes, this is the reason I can be right with God. I can change because of what Jesus did on the cross for me. And it helps you to realize when we, when, we, when we talk about the gospel over and over again, the reason we do it and the reason we have to do it is because it, it forces our eyes upward. Mm -hmm. It was God. Yeah. It was his love. It was his actions. And then it's our response to that. So that, that news should never get old. Yeah. And if the gospel is old, the news of what Jesus has done is old to you, you are walking through spiritually apathy, spiritual apathy. And if by chance you have never had a desire to just dwell in that gospel, perhaps you have been spiritually deceived. So second, you remember, secondly, you need to repent. And again, bro, the church does not do a good job of preaching no. repentance. Yeah. We need to repent. We need to be a repentant people. People say, I want to be a church marked by prayer, or I want to be a church marked by worship. No, Lord willing, I want to be a church marked by repentance. Mm -hmm. I want to be a church that says every day, Lord, we need you. Forgive yeah. us. Yeah. 
renew us, change us. I don't want to be a praying church. I do want to be a praying church. I don't want to be a worshiping church. I do want to be a worshiping church. I want to be a repentant church. And in my repentance, it leads me to prayer and worship in ways that I've never experienced before. Yeah. I mean, just put it into context culturally. Asbury Revival started with repentance. Amen. That's God moves in our repentance. And we have to recognize that and we should practice that. Yes. Every single day. But we don't talk about it enough. There's nothing, repentance says, I need you, Lord. Mm -hmm. You are better than me. You are bigger than me. 1 John 1, 9 says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Spiritual apathy and the things leading up to it. Yeah. Lastly, we need to renew. We need to be renewed in the Lord. We must cultivate a renewed commitment to the Lord, not just serving the Lord out of obligation, but serving him out of desire. Yeah. You know, we're in student ministry, and I, I can't help but pray for one, a, a, a student body that remembers the goodness of God and knows him and acknowledges him. Yeah. And that is repentant. Bro, people experience more church hurt in student ministry probably than any other area of the church. Yep. Because... You've got people who are either forced to be there, don't want to be there, or are there and just learning, and they hurt people. Mm -hmm. Hurt people always hurt people. And so more church hurt is experienced in student ministry than ever. I pray that we would be a repentant church body, a repentant student body. When we mess up, man, because of our love for the Lord and his love for us, we would tell each other, I'm sorry. Yeah. Lord, forgive me, and please help your your children to forgive me for mm. I'm a mess up, yeah. but you're sufficient. And then, and then lastly, that we would be a renewed people that daily our relationships are renewed in the truth of the gospel. Our shortcomings are renewed in the truth of the gospel. Our mm-hmm. passions are renewed in the truth of the gospel. Our motivations are renewed in the truth of the gospel. That would lead us to true fellowshipping with him, true worship of him, true communion with him and his people. Yeah. Amen. Let it be. Come on. Let it be, brother. Galatians 5.22. You say, what does this renewing look like? Well, not to to be all churchy on you, but (laughs) the fruits of the Spirit, which by the way, people say, you're going to produce this, right? It's not just a production. It's also an evidence. The fruit of the Spirit means these are not things that, well, I don't have patience, but I have peace, joy, kindness. No, 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 no. If you are following Jesus, you will have evidence fruit production of love, joy, peace, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Like these are the reality of what it is to be a follower of Jesus. And so I pray those would be the marks of us who have come out of spiritual apathy. And we're not going to be perfect in all of them. No. But we need to be accountable to all of them because these are the marks of what it means to follow Jesus. Hebrews 10.25 says, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. We need to gather with one another. Yeah. Dear Lord, give us a revival. Stop just watching things online. Come and be a part of a body of Christ. Yeah. Make it a priority. Amen. Forget football, forget dance, forget cheer, forget FFA. Jesus is more important than all of that. And if you don't believe so, again, I would ask the question, Who is more worthy and deserving of these things? I'm busy. Bull crap. 
<laughs> yeah, I love that answer. Hell is going to be filled with people who just looked at Jesus and said, I'm busy. Yep. And I know that's a strong statement, but I'm never too busy for Jesus. Amen. And if I am, I'm wrong. Yep. And again, I don't say that in a condemning way. I say that in a, in a way that leads to reflection. Because again, as I started this by saying, I think it's important that we, we bring it back. Satan loves apathy. Yes, he does. And spiritual deception is paved through spiritual apathy. 1 Peter 5, 8 through 9, we have a very clear written word from Peter and a written word from God. Be sober-minded. Be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, and he's seeking someone to devour. What is your response to that? Verse 9, resist him. Firm in your faith, knowing that the same kinds of suffering are being experienced by your brotherhood throughout the entire world. Christian church, hear this word of the Lord. Spiritual apathy is real. Busyness is real. Excuses are real. Resist them and stand firm and know that you're not the only one. Mm. You're not the only one having to not do things because of the priorities that you've placed in Christ. You're not the only one who's sacrificing and suffering. And by God's grace, you're not even sacrificing and suffering in ways that our brothers and sisters in China are. Yep. Or in Muslim countries, Afghanistan. Mm -hmm. Even in India. Yep. Brothers and sisters, you are saying, I choose God over this or that extracurricular activity. I choose this or that over entertainment on a television or a phone. Yeah. The best treasure in the world is that of Jesus. 2 Corinthians 4 7, we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that all. This surpassing power is from God and not from us. As we begin to worship and praise the Lord with a renewed spirit, a heart that is repentant, and a mind that is reminded of the truth of who God is, spiritual apathy has no hope to take a foothold in our lives. Instead, it is how we battle these things Mm -hmm. and produce triumphant victory through these things by the power of Christ and Christ alone. Yeah, and that's the key to all of this. That's all of it. If you find yourself in a place of spiritual apathy, turn to Jesus. Turn to Jesus. Because he has the power to change that. Only he does. Only he does. Amen. If you hear nothing else, don't hear condemnation. Hear Jesus is sufficient and he's worthy. Yeah. It's all about him. I mean, we sing that song in worship all the time. Yep. It's all about him. It's and, all about you, Lord. And do we really mean it? Do we mean it? Yep. I pray that this, this conversation has been fruitful for you, if anything, that it's caused you to reflect on your life. And maybe you've even been encouraged to say, man, I've been there, and praise God, I've been delivered from that. Uh, if not, I would love for you to reach out. You can reach out to Brody at BrodyT at IBCLex.com. You can reach out to me at JakeD at IBCLex.com. We would love to, to have conversations with you. And if you're struggling with some of the effects of spiritual apathy, we would love to walk with you through those. Yeah. Uh, if you're a female listening to this and you're like, well, you guys are two guys. My wife is more than available and there are women on staff that would love to walk through you with this. I believe this is one of the biggest issues in the American church and plaguing God's people. I agree. And I think it's going undiscussed. Yep. And so I pray that this conversation would just be the start of it Amen. and that we would truly recapture the beauty of who God is, and that we would genuinely love to worship Him. Mm, Amen. Guys, thank you so much for joining us on The Vantage Point. We hope that this has been beneficial. And again, man, we love you guys. We're going to keep producing 
these conversations and hopefully they will challenge you, uh, convict you, encourage you, but also just be a source of and seeing how God can can move in your life through his word. Y'all have a great day. See ya.